The Pace Line is produced by The Cycling Independent, the only cycling media completely free of commercial influence. We are community-supported and dedicated to the whole of cycling. As our tagline says, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. From the Cycling Independent, this is The Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. I'm Patrick Brady, and with me is my co-host, Patria Vandermark. Each week, we take a look at how cycling fits in our lives. Patria, there's still snow on the ground there, right? As there is. It's amazing. <laughs> it's stuck around for quite a while, and we've gotten some new snow, too, over the past week. So th- <laughs> we're having quite a winter here. Oh, I, I figured you'd be... You'd be excited. I it sounded like things had stayed cold. Yeah, <laughs> they had. They had the the weather for this week is predicted to be in the forties. Wow. So of course the conversations out there in you know fat bike Facebook land is hey get out there ride it because it might start melting, <laughs> and then who knows what's on the other side of this. So we'll uh-huh. see. I mean March tends to be a snowy month. I mean, most of our biggest snowfalls have been in March, so Mm. I'm not willing to say that it's going to turn into spring just yet. (laughs) How are you doing? What's going on there? Oh, I was on a mountain bike ride yesterday and threw my back out. So my my pull may or may not uh, concern that a little bit. (laughs) Uh, Well, we will wait in anxious anticipation of hearing what happened. And and you can be assured that my posture will be absolutely erect as we're recording this. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, we'll all look forward to a good end of the story. Yeah. I, I went to my medicine cabinet last night and it was the traditional good news, bad news thing. Mm-hmm. I still had the, the bottle for, of muscle relaxers from whatever I had last done to myself that required those. There was one tablet mm-hmm. left. Oh, how how many tablets does it take to feel better? Oh, a, a tablet will make a difference, but it made a difference last night. Excellent. Good. <laughs> and hopefully you've had a chance and have been able to get out for more. Uh, I'll be going for a walk this afternoon. That's for sure. Yes. Uh, Excellent. That sounds like good I medicine. Uh, I'm, I could maybe ride uh, a gravel bike or a mountain bike thanks to the uh, dropper post. Um, oh, but I'm just going to go with a walk for now. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. All right. Sounds like a Start good opportunity for a different up. type of activity. Yeah. All right. Well, what's your pull today? My pull today is intended to offer you the opportunity, you being you listener, to reflect and consider your relationship with cycling and consider your fears that may be unnecessarily holding you back. Mm. So this directly relates to my ride yesterday where I went on a long fat bike ride. It was 20 miles. And if you fat bike, you know, 20 miles is a long way. I was not going particularly fast and there were a lot of climbs. Mm. So it was, this was a a good long haul. The ride, uh, sorry, this is route uh, was new to me. I was on snowmobile trails and this started about an hour North of where I live. So it took me a little while to get started riding between getting all my stuff together, having breakfast, all that sort of thing. And I wasn't rushing out the door. So I started riding in the afternoon and I spent over five hours outside. All of this time offered me a chance to think and reflect on nature uh, of the nature of cycling and of my fear. I rode a similar route last year, and when I rode it last year, I was consciously trying to quiet my mind about all of the bad things that could happen out there in this lonely place. Now, last year when I went out, it was a Wednesday. This is a time when no one is out snowmobiling or bike riding. Yesterday was a Sunday, and the trails had many snowmobilers out there. This snow, again, being really nice north of here is even nicer. Conditions are perfect. And I'm starting to see into the world of snowmobiling a little bit because I've been doing these rides on snowmobile trails that they invest a lot of money and resources into snowmobiling. 
And this is a sport you can only do on the snow. It's not mm-hmm. like you take your snowmobiles and go ride it in the summertime. It's not like a fat bike. You can use your fat bike all year. You can't do that with a snowmobile. So when it's nice snow like this, you better bet people are going to be out there. But to me, traffic, when I'm riding my road bike, has always been my friend. If cars are nearby, I have help if I need it. I know if, if I have a flat or anything, I can wave down a driver. And someone's going to stop and help me out in pretty short order. If they were to see me in trouble, I know people would pull over and offer a hand in Mm -hmm. some way. This is the same way I felt about seeing snowmobiles out there yesterday. I would have snowmobile pass every 20 or 30 minutes. I probably saw a grand total of 12 snowmobiles. So while it's a hugely important day for everyone to be out, it's not like it's a super highway of snowmobiles. But there was enough people out there that I knew if something were to happen... I'm not going to be out there for very long by myself. And it's worth saying and mentioning that everyone who passed was very friendly. Everybody waved. It was all all very nice. Whenever I talk about men with about what they're afraid of, I feel like I'm always hearing about animals or maybe hurting oneself out riding. I think uh, darkness scares everyone to some extent, and some people are going to admit it more than others. There's also a fear of, well, you don't necessarily know your fear if you haven't ever been on a night ride or if you haven't been on a night ride alone. That dynamic changes quite a bit depending on what you've experienced. With women, we're often more afraid of people, specifically a man hiding in the bushes. And I'll speak for women as I am one, and I certainly talk to a lot of women and everyone has their own sets of fear. So not to say men or women, but everyone has a different background. I was raised to be worried about people as my parents were rightfully concerned having a daughter that I should be worried, watch my back whenever I'm out alone, no matter where I go. They definitely prefer that I always ride with someone or do things with other people. And, and that's that's true for a lot of people, where their fears come from, how you're raised and the experiences you have or fears that you've gotten from from your parents because of something that they've experienced. So I feel like sometimes something you've discussed a bunch when you talk about your fears is uh, traffic related, like you're scared of mm-hmm. being hit by a car. Would that be safe to say? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's one of my only real concerns in cycling. Mm hmm. Okay. Yeah. And now something like being hit by a car isn't a big concern to me because I think one is I I deal with a lot of people. So I see all the problems that result from people, car interactions, Mm -hmm. and I find them to be a very, very small percentage of total number of rides. And I'm also always talking to people after the fact. So, I mean, and of course we all know bad, very bad things happen, but very bad things happen in a lot of ways. So uh, so I see very, very small percentages. I'm not worried about that. I'd much rather see cars than not see cars. In fact, a long time ago, I had gone out on a Super Bowl Sunday ride and I was like, oh, this is great. I have the road to myself. I went up into a canyon where typically there's some not great stuff. And this is in Colorado between cars and cyclists. So I was like, oh, this is a great day to be out on my bike. And I got scared halfway up because there wasn't anyone around. Mm. And I realized if somebody were to come around who would do harm to me, there wouldn't be anyone else to see it or help. So I got scared and went home that day. And I was like, oh, that was a perfect day to not have any cars on the road. Yet that's not the perfect day to me. The perfect day to me is when I am around others in possibly a vehicle. And obviously, whenever other cyclists are around, that makes it easy. But that's not always an option. To have and one of the one of the reasons I love cycling so much is because of the freedom it offers. Uh, a sport I used to play in high school, I was a tennis player. I loved playing tennis, except that I always had to have a partner to play tennis with. Mm-hmm. That's where mm-hmm. in high school and and the same thing with soccer. I loved playing soccer, and that was middle, my middle school sport. But you always have to have someone to play against or with in order to enjoy those sports. When I found cycling, I discovered how often I could just go for a ride if I wanted to. I also find as an adult, it's easier to find 
partners to ride with as well. Now, with my ride yesterday, it was going to be tricky to find someone and I wasn't quite sure what kind of mood I was in and I sort of wanted to do a really big ride but I, I don't even I didn't even know which route I was going to take until the very last minute so it just wasn't practical to ride with someone so since last year I've done many more solo rides than I've done in years and many of those rides have been on trails and dirt typically places I wouldn't have felt as comfortable by myself because in the past, I would I was always on the road if I was alone for the same reasons that I just mentioned, with cars being around and also not being technical. Like this just to me on the road, many fewer ways of getting hurt than on trails. Now, I feel a lot more confident on trails because I've been doing it for a while. So I'm not as concerned about being off the road. But since last year, my setup's much more complete. I carry a very large saddlebag full of lots of stuff for flats, mechanicals. I have extras of everything like a backup battery for my phone, the GPS, uh, plenty of front and rear lights, and a lot of extra calories and water. And this is something we've talked about in previous shows. It was interesting yesterday and something that struck me as very odd that as the sun was going down, I didn't get afraid. I didn't have to quiet my mind at all. I loved that feeling. I, I can't explain how good it felt to know that the sun was going down. I knew I still had some distance between me and my car, and it was okay. I turned on my light, so I was visible to the snowmobilers who passed. And I knew I had so many hours on that light, because I have a huge battery, that I could technically be outside all night and have all the light that I need and all the supplies that I need. I might have ran out of water at about 2 a.m. or something like that, but <laughs> that that was enough. And I felt okay about it. I found that doing the Fat Pursuit Challenge that I've talked about in previous shows, when I had done that, I rode for about two to three hours alone in the dark. And that was a really cold night that I was out there. That was a psychological challenge, even more than a physical one at that point of of the day. Mm -hmm. There were voices in my head that night that I had to keep quiet. It was it was the day after a full moon. And and there was a feeling of fear in me when I was doing that. But I feel like doing that made yesterday that much easier for me. I overcame that. I Mm -hmm. did that. I got through it and it was just fine. I do think that being out there alone in the winter is easier. I don't think the boogeyman is going to be standing out there all night waiting for a single fat bike rider who's a woman to come <laughs> passing by. Great point. I was, yes. the, I was the only fat biker out there. For what it's worth, I didn't see a single woman snowmobiler riding alone. Every woman that I saw was on a snowmobile with a man or she was on her own sled with a man riding his own sled. So there's just, there aren't women out there. So yeah, the boogeyman hanging out in the middle of nowhere waiting for a woman to pass by is really, really unlikely. And as everything goes, you want to just tip the odds in your favor. In this (laughs) case, I feel like the odds were pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) If you have to be out there, you have to freeze to death and your footprints are going to show up in the snow. I'm probably pretty safe. I have to trust my equipment, which I do. I know what to do if I have a mechanical. And I'm riding really aggressive studded tires. I did not feel my bike slip. It just didn't feel like there was anything I was going to encounter that was going to bring harm to me. Of course, you want to have a buddy system because it's always good if someone knows where you're going, where you're parking, what your route's going to be. And if you decide to change your plan, how you're changing it. This is, and this is something that's really easy to set up with any friend. Anyone's going to be happy to assist. And they're probably going to enjoy living vicariously through you and your experiences. It's always fun to send text messages back with photos and that sort of thing during the ride. It, It makes it more of a shared community experience anyway, which is something that I enjoy a lot in sharing with with others so my husband and i had this worked out that he would watch my dot on the tracker 
just to make sure the doc kept moving. And if I was going to stop for more than five minutes, I would text him and let him know that I was stopping. And that, that was our system. So if I was stopped for more than five minutes, he was going to start becoming concerned. And he, he knew the route that I was taking. So it would be really obvious where I was if there was a problem. Just to be safe, I took bear spray and a knife because those things can always come in handy for a variety of reasons. And the, the bear spray, is it, it is comforting to me. It would be a good way of deterring a human. It would also be good to deter an animal. And it's funny, too, going back to how I feel men are more concerned about animals. I am not afraid of animals. I think I have packed all my fear away in fear of man that I, I have no fear left for anything else almost. <laughs> um, but I, I, I encourage everyone to stop and think about what your fears are and maybe confront them and and educate yourself on obviously fixing mechanicals and and making sure your saddlebag has all the things it needs in it. Because that feeling of being able to be out there alone and not be afraid and to feel like, oh, this ride can be as long as I want it to be. I'm going to stop riding when I feel like I am ready to stop riding. That's a great feeling. And I think I think more people would do well to to have that experience and get to enjoy that. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. That's why. What do you think? Well, you know, this is one of those things where I'm a straight white guy. Uh, mm -hmm. I have as privileged a position in society as you can have. I mean, the only thing I could do better is be rich, right? Uh, <laughs> that's the only way to get more doors o to open for sure. me. Uh, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, when I'm heading out for a ride, I'm not thinking about what my fears are. I'm not thinking about concerns. Um, I'm not thinking about if I should have a first aid kit with me uh, on my mountain bike ride. Um, mm -hmm. And I, you know, it's not like every time I walk downstairs with my road bike, I'm thinking about, okay, there's going to be traffic. I'm not. Yeah. Uh, and this is just one of those ways. It's really helpful to me to hear you talk about this in this way, because it helps me understand my other friends better uh, and mm -hmm. what their concerns are. Because yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't think about getting mugged on my bike. I absolutely don't. Uh, it did almost happen once in Memphis. Um, wow. yeah. Uh, I was with some friends and they saw some guys coming toward us and they said, let's get out of here. I was still messing with something on my bike. I think I was adjusting the rear trailer or something, but I was off my bike. They rolled away. I turned left and I saw two guys running toward me. Wow. Uh, so I got on the bike and rode away. It wasn't any problem to get away because they were only running. Uh, mm -hmm. but I mean, other than that, that one bad situation, it, it, you know, given the part of Memphis that was things that could have gone from not swell to really awful pretty quickly, depending mm -hmm. on what they had in mind. Um, but you know, even so until my friend said, you know, this is cause for some concern. I wasn't really thinking about it at all. Um, yep. that wasn't something that was in my head. And so, you know, just from a, a, a standpoint of empathy and understanding the experience of others, since this is just never going to be my experience, it's nice to hear about this. Uh, and it helps me to be considerate of friends when I talk about, well, let's, let's go do this ride or let's do that ride. Um, yeah. Cause it's just a, a completely different set of concerns uh, than mine. But, you know, like you said, yeah, fat bike, you know, even, even the worst of us out there, they're probably not going to be standing around in the snow waiting for somebody to come by. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. It's like, okay, maybe like in, in, in the summer and you hear bad situations and you mm -hmm. certainly hear bad stories. And I think those stories do tend to get overemphasized that a woman was hiking and she was abducted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You hear one of these stories and you never, ever want to go hiking alone, ever. Well, how many women have hiked alone for that one woman who had something bad happen to her? And you want it to be never. But at the same time, how often you hear about a car accident? Well, that happens. Do so you never drive again as right. a result? 
Uh, but of course, the stories of bad things happening to women is what I was grow I was raised with, and for good reason. My parents want me to stay safe. Mm-hmm. They never ever want that to happen to their daughter, and of course. You're going to say that to any any woman and a boy is unlikely to hear those same stories and have have that same sort of fear instilled. And again, it's for health. It's for it's out of love that people share these things. But I have been governed by that in a lot of ways. And ah, here I am, 43. Yeah, 43 years old and still needing to shake some of these fears while still acknowledging them. And then the, it's worth mentioning, too, the area that I came from had crime. It, it was definitely not a no crime area. And I was worried about the house being broken into or having I, I would worry about being shot like mm-hmm. that would happen in, in the area where I grew up. So those are where my background is based off of. And I never, ever would ride my bike alone there ever uh, I never walked to school alone. So, yeah, there's a lot. A lot of that is what sets a person in motion for the rest of their adult life. And I know I've missed out on opportunities as a result of of being afraid that maybe that was healthy. I have made it this long in my life, so, so I must have done something right. But there there are missed opportunities there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting to hear you talk about the calculus that you go through in your head about you know, risk factors and what situations present uh, greater risk uh, or more risk factors versus the things that you feel confident about doing. Uh, you know, it's, again, I I don't have this experience. So it's really interesting to hear more about someone else's, um, you know, it's just a chance yeah. for me to learn. Uh, yeah. Now, you, you mentioned bear spray and knife. Are those, yes. are those kind of always with you no matter what sort of ride you're doing? Not typically, definitely for bikepacking trips, yes. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I think it's wise to have it. Uh, so yes, I think I should continue to have those items. Um, I actually brought the knife more because I had forgotten a stirrer the last time I was out, and I wanted to make hot chocolate, and I was <laughs> unable to stir the hot chocolate. But oh, as I'm oh, packing, oh. as I'm packing the knife, I'm thinking of all the good reasons to have a knife. That it's not just for necessarily self-protection, because I cannot imagine using a knife in self-protection. I don't think I would know how to use it well enough to mm-hmm. be safe. Um, in fact, I probably wouldn't want to bring it out because it would be used against me. Um, but but there's so many times when cutting is helpful for yep. whatever reason um, that you need to, who knows, create something or, or just fix something. Who knows? So that's just a... a good thing to have and then the bear spray yeah that's a good deterrent that will help keep somebody away throw somebody off kilter enough to give you time a dog dogs are a mm-hmm. thing a mm-hmm. dog can come after you i've i have had dogs chase me and i uh, was doing a loaded bikepacking trip up in new hampshire and two very large dogs started chasing me and my husband and luckily he noticed the dogs chasing us i didn't realize they were coming and anytime my husband says sprint, that means somebody's chasing us. <laughs> okay. He's not going to be sprinting for any any old reason. Um, so, yeah, that may have been something that would have been come in handy in that particular situation. Mm. Again, you don't want to be near anything that's charging you. So we sprinted and luckily yeah, got out I've, of there. I have at least picked up on that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Uh, I've seen women. Uh, I've seen women with whistles. Um, mm-hmm. and that strikes me as, you know, a pretty good way to go. Um, yes. yeah. The, the bear spray, uh, yeah. Neat idea. Um, and I suppose it's small enough to fit in your bag, just like all the other stuff. Right. I put it in my, I had a hydration pack, so I put it oh. in there. It seemed to uh-huh. pack nicely in there and though it would have fit in my saddlebag as well. And then I carry a variety of handlebar bags. So there's there's a lot of different places. And I think depending on the season, that's where who knows what goes play is placed where. But uh-huh. quick, easy access is really important. And that's where handlebar bag is nice for that quick, easy access. It is, yeah, you don't want to 
spend a lot of time futzing for something. Hang on. I need to unbuckle my chest strap and spin my hydration pack around so I can protect myself from you. Uh, right. right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Muggings don't include timeouts, do they? You're right. Uh, Hold on. Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, like I saw a man and a dog. So I just stopped well downhill from the man and the dog. And I was not at all worried about the man. He seemed perfectly fine. I was worried about the dog. He mm-hmm. wasn't on leash and I didn't know if this dog was going to come after me or not. So I just got off the bike and just waited and let them pass me, said hello. That was just just one of those things. I didn't need to ride up to them and I wanted to be able to be off the bike and ready to do something if something needed to be done. Mm-hmm. Just trying to, to Play things safe where they can be played safe, I guess, where it's no big deal. It's a moment off the bike. And then it was a nice interaction with a lovely human in the middle of nowhere. Nice. That's great. It's it's really lovely to hear about, you know, those nice interactions. (laughs) I mean, you know, one of my concerns truly, uh, it's not about safety. It's about when I encounter people who aren't on bikes you know, just trying to be nice enough so they don't think, oh, another a-hole mountain biker, you know? Right. Yeah, that's really important. Yeah. Absolutely. Just having that positive experience, because you're right, that person is at some point going to be in a car. And Mm -hmm. what are they going to think about cyclists in the future as a result of your interaction with them, potentially? Yeah. 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 Anything so that they don't dislike us more. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exactly. And you can completely change someone's opinion in in a moment. I feel like there's a lot of like with snowmobilers. I don't know if they see cyclists much. Our worlds don't end up intersecting at all. But everyone I've seen have been really nice, mm-hmm. like really friendly. And it, it's it's neat. Cause I'm like, oh, I don't know snowmobilers. I've never seen this world. And so far, I'm I'm really impressed. And I think they want community just like everybody else. And it's worth mentioning the community that I saw on this frozen lake, which mm-hmm. is where they were all starting. They were they had parked their huge trucks in the middle of this frozen lake. I've never seen anything like this before. It was cool. <laughs> there were a lot of ice fishermen sitting around with their holes in the ice waiting <laughs> for fish. In the evening after I got done with the ride, I had parked close to this lake. So I had to cross over the lake and I couldn't imagine crossing over a lake. This was a first for me. I had never ridden over a frozen lake before. I thought that was a silly thing to do. Talking about fear. I am uh-huh. afraid of breaking through ice. <laughs> That's the list. And it was really cool to see people just hanging out, having bonfires on the ice in the <laughs> middle of this lake. It, it was it was really cool to see that. And I guess it's just been a long time since we've seen people do anything together. Well, yeah, fair that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. A bonfire so, on the ice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I assume that heat rises, so it must not be that hot at the bottom of the fire. And who knows? They might have had it on a, a, a plate or some sort of thing that keeps it off the ground, which is good because that helps the fire get hotter anyway by raising it off the ground to allow the oxygen to flow under it i I really wanted to get over to the to the fire but i needed to get to my car so i went over to my car packed away and then drove back over to the lake which unfortunately everybody was leaving i i couldn't i was i was a little sad about that i was like oh i want to join the party (laughs) (laughs) Uh, wow (laughs) well next time right Yes, exactly. Now that I know this whole thing exists, like, oh, this is this is really cool. Yeah. Huh, cool. All righty. Well, uh, we're going to take a little break and we will be back in just a minute. The Pace Line is brought to you by the Cycling Independent. We are the only online cycling publication that's entirely reader supported with absolutely no advertiser, sponsor or investor commitments influencing our editorial. We don't have a sales team or middle management. It's just the three founders and a collection of talented and committed contributors who independently produce our content. To maintain our commitment to honest, reader-focused editorial with the best writers in the business, we need your help. Every dollar that comes in goes directly toward creating the content you see. A subscription is cheap, easy, 
and it goes a heck of a long way. Just go to cyclingindependent.com, click on support TCI, and choose your level. Thanks for listening. Okay, we're back with the pace line, the podcast on two wheels. Time for my poll. This is not a listener question. <laughs> and I think I've just suffered what could be chalked up as a pandemic injury. <laughs> so yesterday I'm on a mountain bike ride, uh, one of the typical routes I do on Sundays. And I'm on this trail and I shifted my weight just a little bit as I was standing up and setting up for a right hand turn. And then just pow, my lower back went into spasm. It was as if somebody had cut muscles and they just didn't support me anymore. It was the craziest thing. Uh, and the worst part was the point at which this happened. Uh, I had yet to do most of the climbing to get us back out from that scenic overlook we'd been at. Oh dear. Uh, So it was, it was at least a solid 40 minutes of riding ahead of me. Um, including one fairly good fire road climb just to get back to my car. Um, and this would be where I admit that I have not been doing a whole lot outside other than cycling. Um, there's been some hiking, not a lot of hiking, but some. Uh, so I've really not been doing much in the way of stretching and certainly no yoga or Pilates, uh, which may be an indicator. <laughs> Um, the last time this happened for me, I think it was 2005 and it was so bad that I not only was off my bike, but I had to stay home from work for like three days. Oh dear. Um, like any movement at all. All I could do was try to get myself into a position that was less uncomfortable. Mm. Um, it was crazy. Uh, the road back was really slow. And what I started with was just walking on really level surfaces I would take my lunch break uh, from work as well as after getting off work and I would drive to this mall nearby and I would walk <laughs> in the mall because it's perfectly level. Yeah. Oh, I would that's just interesting. Walk there, uh, for a while. Yeah. Um, wow. And, you know, then I started work walking outside <laughs> and it was crazy because like, uh, I can remember getting up to a wheelchair ramp on a sidewalk. And having to ease myself down the wheelchair ramp. Oh, goodness. That's how tight I was. I, you know, and it's just one of those things. It's like, I wouldn't believe it. And I wouldn't believe someone telling me this. But if I didn't have the visual memory of watching my feet inch in front of each other as I was going down that thing. And actually, like, taking second thoughts to think, well, would it be easier to just step off? Like, no, no, that's not a thing. We're not doing that today. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. So, uh, but I did, yeah, after doing a a fair amount of walking, I loosened up some, I began to do a little bit of stretching in the shower, uh, eventually loosened up enough to go take a Pilates class. And that, that really got me out of that. But I'm bringing this up because so many of us haven't been able to go to the gym, a yoga class, Pilates class, whatever you do. Um, and for anyone who like me, hasn't been doing a lot in terms of other forms of activity. Uh, well, I now submit myself as a cautionary tale. Uh, <laughs> and it was, it was just last week that I noticed my neck was tight. I turned my head from side to side. And I was thinking, Ooh, you need to carve out some time for some stretching. You've got a little reduced range of motion there. Uh, and I don't really know what to say other than see, I was right. <laughs> Your body has proven you need to be doing more things. Yeah. Like you thought you were tight and oh, look, see, you were tight. Um, Yeah. So, but I didn't carve out the time to do any stretching. And now uh, we'll call this a balloon payment. Uh, Mm -hmm. Man, it's, uh, it's just been a real shocker to me. Um, And, you know, of all the things that I'd really like to change in my life, uh, without this pandemic around and if maybe the, the classes weren't so expensive here, uh, I would really like to be doing, you know, yoga two, three times a week. Um, I, it's something I would really like in my life. Uh, not just from the, uh, 
the physical portion, but also just because mentally it's such a nice thing. I've really enjoyed that when I've had it in my life. It is. Yep. Uh, I'm told that Amazon Prime has yoga classes you can look up and uh, do those. And I suppose I could just slide a table out of the way. But um, I haven't done it. Um, Yeah, I I find it hard to get motivated at home to do uh those sorts of things. Yeah. I find it a lot easier if a class is scheduled that you need to go and be at a class at a certain time dressed and ready to go. Well, yeah, because there's no couch right there next to you. Right. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I I mean, like I could put on Inception or Raiders of the Lost Ark on that TV instead of watching a yoga class. Right. (laughs) I'm certain YouTube is full of stretching and yoga classes as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's got to be numerous resources out there. Right. It involves doing it at home. And it takes a lot more discipline to get yourself to do that, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. crazy because you don't have to go anywhere. It's a lot less work. It's a lot less effort to do it. It's it's but funny how it can be yeah, contradictory those two things are. It is. Um, but, you know, accountability, right? Mm hmm. Absolutely. <sighs> That's the same thing we always talk about, about meeting a friend for a bike ride. Mm-hmm. You've told someone you're going to be somewhere at a certain time. You're going to be there and you're going to be pretty excited to be there. <laughs> and if you've promised yourself a bike ride, uh, it might take an extra hour and a half to get out there for that same ride. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And it's a lot less exciting. <laughs> <laughs> As he moves in his chair. Oh, <sighs> have you run into any uh, reduced activity, you know, inactivity sorts of uh, problems for yourself? Mm. I'm not a good person to ask. I have had a lot of activity during (laughs) COVID. One, because I'm working at two bike shops and I do a fair amount of work at home, too. Mm -hmm. But I'm I'm on the go a lot. And when I'm at the bike shops, I've got a fair amount of computer work, but I'm also setting up demo bikes, um, uh, moving bikes around, lifting things. Uh, I, I try to make a point of using the floor pump to air out tires. And <laughs> I, I laugh because in one of our shops, we have a compressor. So mm-hmm. I get very spoiled with compressor. And the other shop, we have floor pumps. And I find I like that for the motion that mm-hmm. pumping up a tire gives you some sort of movement on, on your upper body. Uh, just taking bikes in and out of my car. I do that often. Uh, and and with COVID, I've had more time to ride on the weekends than I used to have. Mm -hmm. I've been able to carve out a little bit more time for myself because I don't have to be at a bike shop from a lot of times my previous schedule. And I look back at what my pre-COVID schedule was. It's fairly insane. It was sometimes eight in the morning till nine o'clock at night working in the bike shop. Now working by appointment has given me a little bit more time. I mean, I still work a lot during the week. And of course we're doing this on Mondays. So that makes it a little harder, but I've got more flexibility on weekends. So yeah, I'm really, I'm not, I'm not a great case, but I do think a lot of people are going through this because most people are working from home and Mm -hmm. having to extract themselves who used to have a commute that they really enjoyed that would give them an automatic 15 miles each way every day or something of that nature just getting on your bike once for even a five mile ride yeah. each direction. That's, oh man, that is such a fundamentally great way of getting a workout in and keeping your body moving. It bridges the gap between Monday and Friday to the weekends. Uh, so yeah. And and with that commute gone, I've certainly seen people be very great about making sure they get out in the morning or, you know, going for a ride instead. But a lot of people are struggling with that, not being able to get out or having that forced time on the bike. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Forced time on bike. Man, what a lovely concept. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Which is is nice. It's it's the same thing as the yoga class. It's forced, but it's pleasant. It's not like it's a bad thing. It's scheduled. Yeah. Scheduled things get done unscheduled things often get pushed for other priorities which yeah, but i'm a right-brained creative uh <laughs> <laughs> me and schedules uh 
What was it Douglas Adams, the writer of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, said about deadlines? I, I think I think it was I love the sound they make as they go whooshing by. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there you have it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. So uh, I'm going to get this buttoned up. And as the first of our listeners are listening to this, I will be uh, out in a nearby park walking. And I'm thinking about this one hill and not looking forward to it. Mm, well, hopefully doing that helps limber you up and get you back to being in a position to stretch more and and maybe do yeah. some some forced yoga at home. <laughs> I am. I will. It's funny. It also sounds sort of odd to say in conjunction with yoga. But, yeah, I am going to try to force myself to do some yoga here in the next few days. Good luck with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and anybody else out there who has suffered with something, man, my heart's with you right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. Let's move on to Paceline Picks. What's yours this week? This week, I'm talking about the Bedrock Bags, the Tapete's Handlebar Bag. I like this bag because... It's number one quality to me is that you can get into it with one hand and you can close it with one hand. This goes back to my poll with the ease of accessibility of stuff. As spring comes, the bedrock bag gets more use in my life because I like to keep my cell phone in it and a food bar for really quick access. Now, I don't keep my cell phone in it during the winter because the cell phone would get too cold and the battery would just go dead. So my cell phone lives next to my body when it's when it's cold. But having that really easy access to stuff where you can just keep riding and get your things and just keep going. You can eat while you're riding. And often springtime rides mean means riding with others. So there isn't a good chance to stop to dig stuff out. And, and that's, I think, really important to consider when you're packing for a ride. If you're going to be riding with other people, especially if you know you're riding with people who don't like to stop, Mm -hmm. you want to make Mm -hmm. sure that you can get to your stuff. You can stay hydrated. You can stay fueled up without without needing to have a stop. There's always going to be a pee break here and there, that sort of thing. But you, you often when those breaks happen, you might forget to get the things that you need. And to, <laughs> and then having an organizational yeah. system, I've definitely talked about this before. It's really important to have an organizational system so you know where to get stuff. So you want to be, you want to be quick about, mm-hmm. about all those mm-hmm. things. Stops add up so fast. And all of a sudden, a ride that could have taken you, say, three hours has now taken four because of all the stops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just, I, you know, I've never given it all that much thought, but the number of times that I've told myself, oh, when you pull over next, you're going to do X. You're going to look at this. You're going to, you know, pull the twig out of your derailleur. You're going to, mm-hmm. and then you stop, you do your thing. You, you do the thing that occasioned the stop because you weren't actually willing to stop for that other thing. Right. <laughs> yes. And then you get going again and you still haven't taken care of that. That happens all of the time. I I am, I, you know, if that was like a, a pratfall on TV, I would be the master. Uh, <laughs> that happens to me all the time, too. Uh, it's it's crazy. Uh, yeah. Um, and like, do you mm-hmm. need to charge up your GPS computer? Like, say your GPS computer is getting old and it doesn't have that long of a battery life or you're doing a long <laughs> ride and it's running out. Well, you got to be on top of that stuff. And when you're stopping to use the shrubbery or something like that you got to get that plugged in or plug in your phone because it could be draining all yeah. of these things that you're right you you haven't thought about it or it wasn't that important prior to the stop totally space it there you are riding again and that thing is still undone yeah and you- one of the things that i'll say about handlebar bags good ones <laughs> let's let's add that good ones you know, the traditional handlebar bag with the flap, uh, I've encountered ones where they were zippers. And so you're just reaching into something that you can't see in that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've had a couple that were, you know, some sort of flap that either zipped or had, you know, some little tabs that you did or something. 
those where you have a flap that you can flip up and open, you know, so you can actually see into the bag. They're so helpful. And those make such a big difference in my on the bike fueling. When I was doing long distance tours, yeah, that made, you know, you get tired of just reaching back into Jersey pockets after a certain point and being able to look down and choose between the, uh, the Quaker chewy granola bar, uh, and the, the turkey jerky, Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's nice. You know, you, you don't have a hand in a pocket. You're wondering, is that the, (laughs) no, I didn't want that flavor. (laughs) Right. And when you pull your hand out of your pocket and something else goes flying out of your pocket. Oh, I've never had that happen. Of course not. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And then not find out till later. Right. (laughs) Exactly. So, yeah, having things right at at hand, not having the drawstring to deal with. And I do use other handlebar bags that have drawstrings and those have their advantages, too. Like those are a little bit bigger. But for something for your phone, a bar, some basic stuff that you want super quick and easy access to while you're riding in and out. Easy does it. It's Velcro um, controlled uh, closure and it's $50. And right now it looks like it's in stock. Which Whoa. will not probably last very long. Now's the time to be planning for spring. If you haven't already thought ahead to spring, you got to do it now because all this stuff is going to sell out just like it did last spring. I don't foresee mm. supply chain. Like like the supply chain issues that we had last spring are going to continue on and they're not right. getting better. A lot of them are getting worse. So think now about getting yourself outfitted, getting your saddlebag refueled with a fresh tube because tubes are purchasable right now. Those are available. I don't think those are going to be available into the spring. It got, it's <laughs> going to be what we saw last spring, which was, I think we must have gone three or four months without seeing a shipment of tubes. It was a long time in between them. So wow. You want to be thinking about the stuff now. And so stock up on patch kits as well. You're saying. Yeah. If you patch your tubes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, isn't the message you're going to be patching tubes? Uh, Unless you buy a whole lot of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it depends. How many <laughs> how many flats do you get during the course of a season? Well, I get a lot fewer than I did, but that's because I'm doing a lot fewer rides on tires with tubes in them. Okay. <laughs> so I, <laughs> There's you that. Know, I, I, I am statistically not helpful on that score. <laughs> I mean, for me, <laughs> I typically get one flatty a season on my road bike like not oh, many oh I, I i still get more than that now <laughs> yeah well it depends who you are i think most people don't flat that much and maybe if you're flatting because of pinch flats yes go tubeless absolutely still have a tube in your back pocket but yeah i don't i don't believe in patching really it's mm. it's just too error prone and if you're <laughs> if your flat is a snake bite from pinching, you're not going to get that fixed with a patch. So, so just get your tubes I'm, now. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to argue. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've had plenty of patch tubes go sour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I'm revisiting a pick from a previous episode, actually. Uh, and that because it dovetails very nicely with my pull. Uh-huh. The item is the Fuse Vibration Therapy Device, which is such a lovely marketable name uh, from the brand Sidekick. So it's kind of a peanut-shaped device, sort of turquoise-colored. It's six and a half inches long, three and a half inches in diameter. Um, it's covered in silicone with a kind of a bumpy surface that's made up of little hexagonal points. Um, so there's some real texture to it. Uh, it's got a motor inside it. That will cause it to vibrate in one of four different modes. Um, and I've been rolling around it uh, as much as I've been able to. Uh, how to put it? Uh, if I can get down on the ground, I, I roll around on it. When I can't get down on the ground, I wait till later. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has been something that I've used. Yeah. Uh, lower back, upper back, around my neck. Um, I've you know, put my quads on it when they've been tight, uh, hamstrings. It's a really, really neat device because that peanut shape, it really cradles you. Um, and so having that, that sort of pressure, uh, in my lower back right now 
is very helpful the way it cradles the spine. It's a really neat device. It goes for 95 bucks, which seems pretty reasonable given what non-motorized stuff goes for. And Sidekick also has all sorts of packages that include, I, I can't even believe this is a phrase, muscle scrapers. Um, they all this also have a sling so that you can really uh, dig into it and in a place if you need to. Uh, a few other things, creams and whatnot. Uh, I just bought the the Fuse alone and it's been a, pretty terrific thing um and it holds charge for a long long time yeah oh, that's neat so that would you would use that in place of a roller like if yeah. you're used to rolling out a muscle or you put your body weight on it and then yep. roll over it nice yeah. it's uh it, uh it's more of an adventure than a foam roller more of a what <laughs> more of an adventure mm. yeah yeah uh i mean there are times when it's not easy to lay on that thing or I have to support my weight a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cause it's a little too much for your muscle. It, it can get a little intense. Um, but the, the vibration mode that, uh, that really does something so that you can take a little bit more than you might be able to otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I especially love the oscillating one where it starts at very low RPMs and goes up to very fast. Um, that's um that's kind of my mode of choice with this thing you know all right uh, well, hopefully yeah. that helps you out of your pain and- it, it's it's helping <laughs> i'd like it to help more um but i'm just naturally impatient uh, sure so it goes yeah <laughs> so you've got some warmer weather coming later this week yeah it sounds like it's in the 40s which means if it continues on in this manner, there's going to be a lot of melting mm-hmm. during the night. That means there's going to be a lot of freezing. So we're going to have a lot of ice. Uh-huh. People are going to need to be very, very careful about the ice in the morning. So studded tires, more important than ever. And then the trails are going to turn to mush and mud. Right. And right. everyone needs to stay off of the trails because we do not want to see ruts formed. It's like people get into, yeah, hey, you've been enjoying riding the trails and this winter has been great for the frozen trails. Uh, so now that's got to stop. And yeah, road riding would be a very good activity right now. But after it's warmed up, uh, and yeah, I, I can't overemphasize the importance of studded tires. I just hate hearing the stories about people breaking a hip or a collarbone. Ooh. Because of hitting a patch of ice. And this is the time of year when that happens with all the melting and then freezing overnight. Yeah. Wow. Oof. Okay. Well, I'm not going to mention that it's going to be 75 here today. <laughs> Thank you for not mentioning that. <laughs> <laughs> Bad Patrick. Oh. Well, that's great. Alrighty. Well, we hope you enjoy your 75 degree weather. Well, I'm going to go for a walk. Where's uh, that? Good. That's great. <laughs> uh, yeah. Alrighty, that's a wrap on another episode of The Pace Line. Hey, everybody, keep the questions coming. You all send us great stuff. If you've got an idea, please drop by the Cycling Independent and put a suggestion in the comments. We hope you've enjoyed the show, and if you have, please leave us a good review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It makes us easier for other listeners to find. Until next week, I'm Patrick Brady with Patria Vandermark. Thanks for listening to The Pace Line.